and Apex Lab Podcast. Hey there, welcome to the Level Up Engineering Podcast, where we speak to the most experienced technology leaders from around the world. So stay with us to learn actionable management insights to take your engineering team to the next level. This show is powered by Apex Lab, a team of experts in end-to-end digital product development. ApexLab.io Hi, I am Karolina Tot, host of the Level Up Engineering Podcast, and I've been away for a few months. You might have noticed that we haven't put out any new episodes for a while, but now we are back with a new sponsor called Apex Lab, and we have put in some thoughts as to how we could improve the show for you. I hope you are expecting the same quality content because we are bringing it to you. And also we have put in a lot more effort into the studio setup and we are happy that we have a lot of awesome guests confirmed who are coming to your headphones and to your YouTube subscriptions. Before we start, I am happy that you're here. I would love to hear your feedback about this episode or any future episodes or about any of the past episodes. So tell us what you think so we can bring you the best experience from the tech leaders of today and um, from all over the world. And without further ado, let me introduce you to today's guest, Jaron Perlman. He is the author of Dev Streams, but before that, he worked for over 30 years in the software delivery industry with different sizes of companies, and his experiences inspired him to create a whole new paradigm for how to deliver working software. So please join me in welcoming Jaron Perlman. Welcome to the show. Please give us a few words about yourself and uh, what we should know about you within your awesome software delivery experience and within your life. For sure. Thank you. Thanks, uh, Carolina. Happy to be here. It's an honor for me. Um, and one of the first that I'm doing, so I'm very excited. Um, yeah, a little bit about myself. I was programming basically the, the my love with software began very early in my life i've been programming since i was a child um i'm kind of a child of the 70s and 80s so back back then it wasn't <laughs> it w- was a big deal having your computer and being able to program wasn't like today so i've been doing that ever since and uh later on as a professional um, I studied computer science and mathematics and then uh, started working in the industry, uh, co-founded and led a few startups um, and had various roles there. Um, did some project management uh, for a large uh, bank and financial enterprises. And over the last few years, I've been an independent software solution vendor. Um, and I do consult for a variety of companies, uh, helping them with uh, software delivery challenges um and i I live on software (laughs) awesome awesome do you have any hobbies that you would like to share with the audience or anything from your personal life yeah sure so music has been very big in my life as well it's kind of another language another way for me to interact with with people and kind of feel them uh so i play guitar both bass guitar and uh, electric guitar used to be in bands and really enjoyed it um and i'm also a pilot so i really like experiencing the world from above getting 
nice perspectives and uh, I fly both uh, recreationally and for business uh, whenever I have um, kind of on-sites or business meetings I try to fly there I try to meet with customers meet with partners and it's kind of you know it, it gives a different uh, a different taste uh, uh, for me and it's a good icebreakers for meeting and um, I found it to be very helpful, and uh, I'm also volunteering in that area, um, volunteering for Hope Air. It's a medical travel assistance program, uh, helping people with medical needs fly wherever they need. Uh, so, uh, do that as well. Wow, quite uh, quite the experience. It sounds like. Uh, thank you for sharing with us. Um, let's dive into our topic today. Um, you wrote a book called Dev Streams, scaling software delivery naturally and um, I've had the pleasure of uh, listening to the audio version of the book um, but for our listeners who may have not have had the experience of listening to the book could you give me some broad strokes about what DevStreams is really about? Yeah DevStreams is is um, is I'll call it a nature-inspired paradigm for scaling software delivery and um when I, when I thought about the challenges of software delivery, by by the way, is uh, I'm not sure it's 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 a very well known term, but I kind of use it to describe the overarching process of developing the the software and then making it available to users uh, to consume over time. So the production elements of software, um, so, uh, customer care, knowledge base, all these aspects. Uh, updates all these aspects of software. I call them software delivery. Uh, so end-to-end. -end. And DevStreams is trying to address the, the challenge of scaling um, of software delivery. So when I talk about scaling, it's both in terms of the value, volume, and also in terms of velocity that we're able to introduce more features and resolve about bugs and things like that. So scaling all of that. And also about um, having a better... Uh, there's a new term now called DX, uh, development experience, or basically employee experience, how, how the employee experiences their daily routines, I guess, how happy they are uh, doing their job. So we're trying to scale that as well. And um, the inspiration for it is really nature. I, I'm, I'm a strong believer that we are all part of nature. We are nature. So if, if we look around and we look at nature, that's the most successful complex system at scale. So why not look at, at, at nature and try to adopt some of the solutions that have been evolving over millions of years? We can use them in software as well. So that was really the thought behind it. And um, yeah, it, it's really... I write about software, but I, I truly believe that what the book is about is is kind of maximizing your potential, maximizing the potential both from an organization standpoint and from uh, an individual standpoint. Uh, it, it's what nature does. Uh, it, it doesn't like to, to waste. There's zero waste. And uh, we're trying to do the same. Um, and, and, you know, specifically in, in, in our economy where um, fluctuations are, are every day and sometimes there are layoffs, sometimes there are uh, times where we need more um, more people to help us, more talent. This is really about maximizing the talent. So before we can recruit more, 
we can probably get more from what we have. And that's what we're trying to do. Let's dive into um, some of the philosophies that are behind yeah. uh, the book. And then if you want to give us a little bit of context about how you came to start writing the book, how you came to um, decide to share this. Before I dive into the, the actual details, it's, again, what, we're, what I was trying to do is, is look specifically at stru structures and dynamics that, that, that I find in, in nature. That was really the, the inspiration behind it. When I look at what a software delivery organization does, what it does is it's, it's delivering value. So if, if we look at value delivery, I kind of started to think about it about as, as flow. We're, we're basically dealing with flowing of, of value and flowing of energy. And when you look around, those structures that, that in nature help deliver flow or flow uh, in an efficient way, these are rivers, rivers and streams. And if you look at that um, pattern of rivers and streams, it's not just the rivers and streams themselves. You can find it in many, many aspects in nature. You can find it in... Uh, the stars uh, and galaxies, they also, if, if, if you zoom out, it, it looks like uh, rivers and streams. Um, if you look uh, in the atmosphere, there are, there are rivers in the atmosphere. Uh, if you look at a lightning bolt, it looks like a river. So there must be something fundamental in that structure that uh, deals with flow in a very efficient way. And that was really the inspiration for, for um, how I came with this idea. And in its core... Uh, there is a new structure, a new talent structure that I call uh, for organizations. Uh, I call it the stream. And um, just to, I think the best way to describe it is, is to say why it's not. If you, we look at current organizations, they're very monolithical and siloed. So we have, for example, a department for um, front end, we have back end, we have data scientists, we have QA, we have production, what we call DevOps. It's all very siloed and very hierarchy based. And if we look at the most fundamental resource um, or unit of production in the software, it's, it's the individual, it's, it's an employee, it's a team member. DevStreams is different. I'm trying to reorganize or introduce a new structure that is similar to how rivers and streams are structured into organizations. So that stream is compri comprised of, out of two to seven members, and it's an integrated, self-contained, and autonomous unit. So we have all these different facets that we would find in an organization within a stream. It's kind of a microorganism or a micro organization where we ha would have people that do DevOps, we have people that do development, we have people who do QA, we have, and actually everyone does everything. We kind of, there's movement and iteration and transition and diversity. Um, and instead of looking at an organization which is vertically comprised uh this is kind of horizontally we we look at microorganisms that work together um they're not independent but they're less dependent on others so, sort of like uh from software um development where when you have the um light dependency between object 
right? It's it's kind of the way to to uh, to develop um, a good and sound design. Um, and I, I was trying to do the same on an organization. The second thing that it's it's really different from what we're used to is the fundamental unit in a dev stream organization is the stream. You can't go under it. So you don't go to the individual level. No, the most fundamental unit is the stream itself. And the idea there is that the sum is greater than its parts. So you look at that as a whole. And um, I think that that introduces by itself a new way of working. And that's really the fundamental aspect of, of dev streams. And then there are other pillars. I, I uh, When I lay out the, the paradigm, I break it down into pillars. There are six pillars. And each pillar uh, looks at a different aspects of, of, of how that stream operates. Um, and that's basically the paradigm. And the most important part of the paradigm is kind of the seventh uh, element of the paradigm. It's more of a my belief of, of, of what it is, and it's that there are no rules. So you do whatever whatever feels right to you, whatever is right for your circumstances. I, I do believe that our reality is very individual. So you, you can't really make any generalizations. There is, there is no objective reality. It's all very subjective and you mold it and tweak it so that it works for your circumstances. Yes, I, I really love that idea of um, everybody kind of sharing the the responsibility and everybody sharing the success of delivering working software. However, what it made me think about was that you really need high achieving individuals in, in a system like this, since if, if everybody has the, the responsibility, then, then there might be people who will slack off. Or maybe it's just me not working in a streamed organization before. Yeah, it's it's interesting you're uh, you're mentioning it. So in, in terms of first of all, what I'm trying to create and what we're trying to create with with this type of, of, of new approach and and the stream is give an environment for people to find themselves through experience, um, and maybe they're not even aware that they can do certain things. That environment enables them to explore themselves and to reach out of their comfort zone and get into a growth zone. And they do it by looking at all the facets that are found in that organization. I can tell you for, for myself, um, the way my career developed was very much dependent on chance. I got to a certain place and I started you know, going into that role and, and being more and more specific. I think it's that way for a lot of other people. So this environment gives people the experience to look at different facets, to, to, to do things that maybe they haven't had a chance to do earlier and to learn more things, to learn from each other. So the idea is that each one of these members is stronger in one area than the others. So maybe stronger in DevOps, maybe stronger in data science, and they teach the others. So you get to experience things that are not that high level. You can do like mundane uh, tasks that belong to data entry, 
or sorry, data scientists and or I don't know, DevOps, you can write a simple script. So you get to taste it. You get to see what it is. And if it strikes you as interesting, you learn more about it. And maybe you become that expert in another stream because people go from one stream to another. So think of it as, you know, I, I grew up in Israel. And in Israel, uh, they uh, when I started grade one, we had a class. And that same class stayed until grade eight. I can get it out of that class. Whatever people I was in, that was it. And here in North America, my kids study differently. Every year, they rearrange the classes and start fresh. So you get to meet more people. I'm trying to do something similar in, 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 in dev streams in the sense that you get to meet more people and you get to meet more elements or more facets of that entire organization. And you mentioned also something about your individual, um, how should I say it, liability, or, or, you know, if you do something wrong, right? So there isn't a thing as doing something wrong here in, in, in our environment. There is no personal liability. The liability or I call it accountability. The accountability is on the stream itself. We're not going to look at individual people and say, look, you, you did a bad thing or, you know, this is something that caused uh, a system down. No, we're not looking at that. It's the entire stream takes, uh, um, you know, those decisions in, in, in working together through that process of, of taking decisions and, and um, rolling out something or doing something. And the accountability is on the stream itself. And even if, if something doesn't work out, it's not about you know, liability. It's not about, you know, you did something wrong. It's about change. It, it's a catalyst, a catalyst for change. So we did something that didn't work out. Let's see how we can change it. So it is right. So we're, we're looking at things as, as kind of a learning experience. And I think that takes off a lot of that pressure. You're not personally liable for anything, but you are part of something that is accountable for a certain aspect of, of of the product or a certain aspect of what your organization does. Mm -hmm. This uh, stream structure it would be really good for for companies that are trying to innovate really fast. What do you think about that? What kind of companies would this be ideal for? I actually think that it's it's good for for any type of company because. What this does is it, it kind of breaks the silos between different companies. I'll give you an example. I'm the type of person that doesn't really feel comfortable working for a large organization. I don't like to be, um, you know, one small individual out of 6,000 or 7,000. I, I like to be influential in, in, in the um, environment that I operate in. And those large organizations, they're built the other way. They're, they're built so that everyone is replaceable, That so that uh, you don't really own a lot, but it, it's a lot of different people who own a certain aspect of, of that entire complexity. I I wasn't really drawn into that. I, I thought it thought of it as 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 intimidating and those organizations lost me because i maybe i could have been a good employee maybe i could have been a good member in, in those kind of environments but now with streams everything is, is streams even with a larger organization there's just more streams right it's like a, a big river a big river looks exactly like a smaller river 
it's just a different scale. So this is the way nature is 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 structured. It's all about fractals. It's the same type of um, structure over different scales, self-similarity over scale. So now there isn't really a lot of difference between a small startup and a big bank. They're all working as streams. You just find your stream. And if that stream doesn't fit you, you go to another stream. So it's not about the organization anymore. It's the about the environment that you're in. And any organization that adopts dev streams it's going to have the same environment. I think that sounds really interesting. Let's get into some of the of the details of the of the book. You have mentioned streams and you have mentioned lightning bolts and um, and how the ideas came to be. What are some structures and uh, dynamics that can be applied when when scaling software delivery itself? Perfect. So if I had to, to kind of distill it down, I would say two things. In terms of structure, I would say fractals is kind of the dominating structure here. And fractals are everywhere. Everywhere you look at nature, the sense that we look at something and say it feels natural to me, it, it's about the geometry, right? If and, and this is where if you look at a city from way up or you look at a building, it doesn't look natural because the the geometry is not a natural geometry. We don't use fractals. We use triangles. We use uh, rectangles. It's all very structured. If you look in an organization, it looks like, you know, it's hierarchy. Um, but if you look at nature, you look all around you, you'll see fractals. If you look at rivers, if you look at trees, it's that branching uh, branching type of structure. If you look at leaves, if you look at how your lungs are built, it's all the same thing. It's all the same structure. It's self-similarity over scale. That's really, in terms of structure, um, the, the kind of the leading concept. And in terms of process, I would say evolution. So when you look at processes, again, uh, today, they're very structured, right? It's, it's either um, kind of waterfall for traditional project management type of processes, or if you look at the more modern way, it's um, agile. But agile also has a very rigid structure. You have sprints, and uh, sprints are two or four weeks, and whatever comes into a stream, uh, 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 sorry, a, a sprint um, is, is what you will be working on, and if not, you'll go to the next one, but it's all kind of very blocked and, and very same structure every time. Um, what we have in, in dev streams is called um, I, I call evolution through mutation. So we don't start with um, we don't start with nothing and and make something out of nothing. We start with something and we mutate it. So if I were to build a new feature, I would find something that has maybe seventy percent or sixty percent or eighty percent of the functionality that I'm looking for. Maybe I'd, I'll procure that code. Maybe it's 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 open code. Developers don't really like to use uh, you know something that is almost made. They like to reinvent everything. And that's not really scalable, right? So what, what I'm trying to do here, and, and it's also, you know, connecting back to your questions about uh, how do I get that professional and build something? Well, that's part of it. You don't start from, from nothing. You don't start from building from scratch. You start with something that does 
a certain amount of what you're looking for and you change it. You mutate it and you introduce new and small steps. So it's not about like a release or a sprint. Uh, you could even change a very minor thing and just deploy it. And uh, I call that minimal viable change. So again, fractals here and, and different scales. Uh, MVP has been a very you know successful term, minimal viable product. So that, that's kind of um, um, a, a concept that, that's been very successful. I'm taking the same concept of a minimal viable product and reducing it to the feature level. So MVC is minimal viable change, and it's a small enough change in what you have to introduce something new, and it's reversible. So if it doesn't work, I just go back. But the, uh, the nice thing about it is that you introduce those small steps very frequently. So you get that change as, as a flow. Again, going back to flow and going back to uh, introducing something out of an existing something, just changing it a little. Um, it kind of changes the way we think about uh, about producing stuff. So these are kind of the two 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 big things uh, in terms of structures and dynamics. Let's uh, move on to chaos theory because I think that's one of uh, one of the words that's uh -huh. you know like a, a strong concept uh, that draws people to to the book. How is chaos theory in your um, opinion connected to software delivery? Oh, interesting question. So chaos, uh, what I was basically taking out of chaos is, is that fractal geometry and uh, th that concept of going through the same type of structure or activity just change the scales. So it, again, applies to what I've described earlier, um, the MVC concept and continuously introducing new changes, kind of that evolution. That's what we have in, right, if you think of chaos theory, the first thing that you would think of is like that sensitive dependency on, on, on a starting point and then little changes, a complex system that is introduced by small changes, right, that uh, if, if that uh, butterfly moves its wings in China, you would have a big storm or a big tornado in, in the States. It's kind of the same concept. It's that concept that we evolve, that we introduce small changes, and those changes take us to to, to areas where it's it's it, it's we don't plan ahead. It's it's kind of the same type of, of or the different approach for things. We humans like to be very um, planned and organized and you know we plan something and then we fulfill it nature doesn't work that way it kind of lets things happen there, there's a certain direction that it wants to go but it, it's not about the details it, it, it's about the process and I've, I've tried to embrace that same philosophy don't really think a lot ahead just do simple things what what's really important is that flow is that momentum is that continuous change and all of these things i mean if you look at chaos theory it's going to be very technical what i'm also trying to do in the book is is not to be very technical not to be very um literate not to be very uh, rigid and confined into rigor and, and, and recipes and processes. No, I'm saying let go and 
one of the things that I'm talking about in my book is about feelings and emotions. So like when we look at feelings and emotion, it, it sounds very spiritual or it sounds like something that doesn't ha- doesn't have a place in, in, in a professional environment or, you know, in software and mathematics. Um, everything has to be very, you know, you have to measure everything. You have to do reports. You have to look at the data. You have to analyze. And I'm saying, don't, don't really analyze that way. Try to get a feel for it. A lot of the things that we would do we have our gut feeling. I, I strongly believe that that gut feeling is some, some kind of a computation that happens in our mind that we're not even aware of. But why not trust it? I really think that if, if you know, something feels right to you, it's kind of your mind's way to tell you, look, I've made some analysis. I'm not going to tell you the details, but it's good. Go with it. And if you don't have a good feeling, it's probably saying to you, look, you need to change something. So I really kind of uh, try to promote and have people open to the idea that they can use their emotions and their feelings both as their, as, as a guideline and both as a way to, to be better at what they do. So there are ways that we can work on our emotions and, and understand them. And, you know, when we give direction, when we talk to people, do it through emotion. If, if, if it, it just feels more natural, it feels sincere. And some of the things that I talk in, in my book is, is, is how to do that, how to be more connected with your emotions and bring that into your working environment. Just this idea came to me. If um, if someone is listening to us who is now managing maybe a team of five and they think this is a really interesting idea, um, what do you suggest? How should they go about implementing something like like dev streams or or what should be their kind of plan of action to to maybe implement some of your ideas? And there are different ways to do it. So if you're starting with your um, with a fresh organization and you, you're just, you know, you're a small team, I would say first read the book and uh, uh, get familiar with, with the paradigm. Uh, we, we also help. I mean, uh, part of what I do now is is go to organization and help them implement or help them um get started with with dev streams. So with a, with a fresh organization, it's easy. It's just look at those pillars and and see if it makes sense try to adopt that way uh that is described there try to look at mvc for example minimum viable change and instead of doing agile in in a sprint way try to look at mvc try try to to adopt that and see how it goes try to uh, break that silos between people. So if you have um, someone who's a front-end developer, let them do other things. Let them do a little bit of back-end. Let them do a little bit of DevOps. Maybe let them do a little bit of customer care and customer support. Now they can do it, right? With AI and, and ChatGPT and everything, you don't really need to be that literate or, or that understanding to write a very nice uh, customer support letter. So start, start practicing that. And uh, for organizations that are already kind of uh you know built the traditional way the introduce introduction of new uh of 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 dev streams into that we do it through a program we called um 
journey seeding. So think of it as we're planting a new plant. Um, and what we do is we assemble one stream. We look at the organization, look for candidates that would be good for, for starting a new stream. We assemble that stream and kick it off and uh, we help them throughout their uh, initial months of working together, all the challenges that they're experiencing and, you know, the gaps. And uh, we adjust it and tweak it and customize it to how they're, you know, what that specific group of people, how they work together. And they become uh, productive in a few weeks and they become mature. And I say mature is that they're ready to branch. And when they're ready to branch, they just split into two streams. And then now we have two streams and they, they bring more people to those streams and then it branches and in time the the entire organization will transform to be deaf streams <laughs> i love that it sounds uh, very easy when you put it that way um all right let's get into why organizations should do this um how can the ideas of deaf streams improve operations on a business level or improve the engineering experience, as you said, or um, even though we are not completely talking about individuals, but they still have experiences, um, how can it improve their work life per se? So for improvements, if we look at, at, at the organization, for example, what DevStream does is, is it enables you to scale effectively. So what we will be able to do is increase our volume and velocity by adopting the practice and, and concepts um, of the various pillars of DevStreams. It's all about maximizing the efficiency. That's how nature works. There is no waste. And that's what we're trying to do today. If you ask me what was the motivator, the number one motivator for, for thinking about dev streams and, and trying to break the status quo, trying to challenge the status quo was waste. If you go and look at organizations today and just try to talk to people and see what they're doing, you'll see endless waste. You'll see very little efficiency in, in the way that they're able to bring themselves and their talent and their potential into their work environment. They'll maybe use 20% of that. Um, so that's what I'm trying to target. Instead of 20%, I want to get to 80%. I want to get to 90%. What happens then? You get a lot from your existing resources. You don't need to invest in more resource in order to grow. You just change the way you work. You, you make the current set of talent within your organization more engaged, more motivated, more productive, and have a better experience. You get more volume of, 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 of value. You do things faster. And it just feels good, <laughs> right? Because, uh, it, 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 again, it's, it's natural. You don't really... Because of that structure, you don't need to invest more in management because these are autonomous units. They give direction to one another. So you have kind of a more loosely coupled uh, type of organization, which you don't need to micromanage anymore. You give them the goals, the high-level goals of what they need to do, and they take it from there. They'll come to you to directions, but the role of management changes. So there are less. we need less to invest in that uh, element of an organization we call management. We have different levels of management. We have uh, senior levels, we have um, 
you know, the, the just team leaders, you, you have VPs. It's, it's an entire um, proficiency of its own. We changed that as well. So it, it really changes a lot. It changes the way uh, the organization works. So that's from the organization standpoint. And from an individual plan standpoint, I think that what we're trying to do, and we talked about it earlier, is we try to give the individual a way to find themselves, to, to really understand and learn more about what they can do in an environment and say, okay, you, through circumstances and chance or whatnot, got to be a front-end developer. Well, you don't need to, be, to do that anymore. You can extend your horizons. Maybe there's something else out there in, in, in our organization in terms of what we do that is better suited for you. Or maybe you like to be a, a front-end developer, but you also want to do something else. That's that's the way I am. I, I do, like when I develop, um, I'm a full stack. I do everything, right? I'll, I'll do the front-end, I'll do the back-end, I'll do the customer care because I like it. I like that diversity. I can't really submerge myself and do a single aspect of the job from now till, I don't know, I retire. I can't think of myself that way. And I think there are other people that are like that, that appreciate that type of diversity. It gives you that engagement. If, if you look at things, if you look at like um, a body of water, if it's not flowing, it'll become stale. We are the same way. Uh, if we don't move ourselves, if we don't go to the gym, if we don't walk outside, if we don't go from one place to another, we sink. And, and, and as we sink, we develop less, we, we go inward, um, we're not, we're not fulfilling our potential. Hmm. So I think from an individual perspective, uh, you're able to, to explore yourself and, and find yourself, find your goal. Like, uh, you know, the alchemist, find your, your life mission. That gives you the, 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 the opportunity to do that because you get to experience it. You get to experience different things. You get to experience more people. You go from one, one of the things I talk about, one of the pillars is movement. There's a movement within the stream. So over time, you'll get proficiencies in different elements, and there are movements across streams. So you will meet other people. You would see other element, uh, other aspects of your organizations, maybe different cultures, because each stream works in a different way. Some streams work remotely. Some streams work in, in the office. Some work hybrid. You get to experience Right. So <laughs> I love that I'm very much in favor of uh, experiencing a lot of things yet. And I don't want to single out backend developers, but I have this image of, uh, you know, someone who is very comfortable in their ways and um, doesn't necessarily want to try out new things because they are happy with how things are at the moment. What would you say to to a developer who just, you know, likes doing Node.js? Um, how could they? How could they get a touch of your perspective? Great question. So we, we see that all the time. So when we work with other organizations, um, I didn't have the example of, of JS, but it's 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 a good example. Um, from what I've experienced is, is maybe a data scientist, data scientist. I had uh, the pleasure of working with a few, and they didn't want to do anything else. They just wanted to keep doing and being a data scientist. And uh, in one of the swings, we needed that capacity, so we couldn't really, you know, get someone who would be uh, who was a, a, a full-time uh, data scientist. And, and it wasn't them. So what we did is we, we formed. 
or we kind of outsourced that uh, data scientist elements from a data scientist that wasn't part of the stream. But think of it as consulting. He came to consult, to be, to give that level of professionals, uh, of that aspect of, of the profession to this, the stream members. And he wasn't part of the stream. He was just visiting that stream, doing uh, his data science tasks with the context of this stream. And when we have more streams, we will have a department, maybe in that organization of data scientists, that give services to the various streams. So that, that's one way to do that. I would say keep being, uh, you know, a JS, um, um, <laughs> a, a JS expert and visit the streams. Don't work in one stream all the time. You know, it's it's like a, a project or you're part-time or you consult. So that that's kind of the way that you can retain your, you know, your area of expertise and just do it in different contexts for different streams. You'd be a visiting uh, expert, so to speak. So there are ways to work with that. Yeah. Yes, I, I, I love that. And it also goes well with what you said before about doing what feels right. If someone doesn't think that they can exactly. be in this environment, then they don't have to be part of a stream. And maybe if they visit the stream as an expert, they will uh, develop a taste for it and maybe they will they will exactly. try it out later. Awesome. Um, and now we are we are we are coming to understand um, a little better of what the concept is. Um, what are some of the misconceptions that you have had the chance of encountering and um, and how how did you debunk them? Um, what what do you think are some of our listeners thinking um, mistakenly? You know, through, through the uh, process of writing the book and then getting some feedback on it, um, some of the feedback that I was getting from ex-VPs or, you know, VPs of organizations say, look, I, I really like the concept, but it's not realistic. Like having a stream where everyone does everything with the level of proficiency that we're looking at, it's just not realistic. It's utopic. And the way I look at it is say, well, how do you know? Have you tried it? Um, <laughs> and I think that when, when you start trying and experimenting with it, you see that it's not that far-fetched. And I think that the technology that we have today allows you to do things that you were not, you know, able to do just maybe a year ago. So take, take for example, not, not a, a technical aspect, but maybe I think I talked about that example earlier of maybe writing a knowledge-based article or for a developer to provide customer care or customer support. Today with AI, you can do it very easily. You could extend uh, your personal capabilities very easily with, with that type of technology. It goes to development as well. You can extend beyond what you thought was possible only a year ago. You could do things that you didn't really imagine because you have all these tools available. So we need to understand that we're changing as well. Our environment is changing. Our technology landscape is changing so rapidly that it really merits a new paradigm. It merits us to think differently. And, you know, DevStreams is an interesting idea. But it's not really about DevStreams. It's not really about the paradigm itself. I'm a strong believer and I'm getting 
amazing feedback from the companies that I work with, and it's really working well. But I'm not saying that's the ultimate solution. It's not what I, this book is. This book is about thinking differently. It's about understanding that it's okay to be different. It's okay to challenge the status quo. We need to challenge the status quo. We don't really need to accept things as they are and just go with the flow or go with the motion. We can get out of our comfort zone, uh, reinvent ourselves, look at things, question what we do, think outside of the box, look for inspiration elsewhere, and you know, get, get to a growth mode change things um that's really what the book is it's, it's about asking questions it's about exploring um and that's how i deal with with those rejections or with these comments for sure thank you um while you were speaking one element of the book came to me that really um made it easier to understand for me um and it was how in a stream everybody has like some sort of an expertise like um, within uh, within the stream perhaps I am the person who has most experience with uh, UX design but I am not hoarding that knowledge away from the rest of the stream I share it so that uh, the other individuals who are working amongst me will also be able to get some knowledge while we work together and I, that for me was a, a turning point in, in understanding how can all these people work together while everybody is doing anything or everything. Exactly, exactly. It's, it's also about, you know, we talked about the things that, you know, define me as a person. And it's really connecting to people, connecting through languages, connecting through interactions. Um, I know that some of the people who work in organizations are very technical oriented, but I think a lot of the people are are looking for that that cultural experience, that that interpersonal experience. And I think that with this type of of environment where everyone does everything, it just gives you more opportunities to do that, and and it fills you up. It fills you up as an individual. For sure. Can you tell us a story where where DevStreams was? Um, introduced or or maybe a company um, where you have worked in in coming in with this philosophy um, how did you succeed and and what were some of your challenges while while introducing dev streams sure it's all very new um, and after starting the book um, you know part, I actually you know thought that the paradigm itself w would start to to grow through reading the book and i found out that marketing the book is <laughs> not really easy and i said okay let, let's go the other way and let's say okay i have the book and that's that's really my manifesto that that's you know what i believe in but let's straight start doing it so i started a campaign of reaching out to uh to vps and and leaders in, in the soft uh, software industry and started doing projects of of introducing dev streams um to those environments. I think I told, uh, said that before, it's, it's called journey seating. And what we're trying to do is uh, stand up a, a fully functional stream and then uh, kind of, I would say even coach or you know mentor them through the concepts um, of, of 
what dev streams is uh, and these new concepts of, of how to adopt them. Uh, so minimal viable change. What does that mean? What does that mean to take a small change and take it from ideation to production? What are the various steps? Uh, you know, how do we work with, with DevOps? How do we take DevOps from an organization standpoint down to uh, a stream level? That's one of the challenges, right? So we have all these pipelines and we have all these uh, automation tool, Jenkins or whatever. We needed to first build that in, in, in the stream environment. Um, so these were some of the challenges just to reduce things from an organization level scale to a stream level scale and have that capability of delivering end-to-end work with them on how do we do supports change the way that we do the support from the organization level and uh, for some of the um, you know cases we change the the way support works and it delegates the items directly to the stream members Um, so these are kind of the things that we work with it's you know when when you you talk high level there are a lot of details. We I don't go into those details within the book itself. The book is more kind of a, a framework. It's 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 a way of thinking, and when we work with the organizations, we translate all these open questions and work with those streams so that they, 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 there's kind of a fast track. Uh, a fast track program to get them to to uh, to start experimenting and, and getting the benefits out of DevStream. So that's what we do, and there are so many little challenges. But it's it's when there's engagement, and and you can see the the really the, the motivation of people. You see how how they start acting differently. They start to be so energetic, and and they're you know one of the things that I before I came to, to DevStreams. Uh, and I was a consultant, a lot of the things or a lot of the projects I would introduce or new tasks, I would get rejections. Like people were describing why they can't do a certain thing. I see that a lot. Instead of, you know, this is what we need to do. Let, let's think Let's think together of, of how we solve that. No, 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 this is not me. This is someone else. And all that 30 minutes of the meeting, he was going through why he can't do it and why he's not the right part of the organization to do it. And now when I work with these organizations on consulting them how to work with uh, with DevStreams, I start to see a different environment. I start to see a different type of attitude and, 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 and approach. People are not saying no anymore. They're genuinely trying to, to solve a problem. And that's that's amazing to me. It's it, it, it means that it's really, they understand what it is. They understand that that it's about working together. It's about having a positive, a positive approach into something where it's not, I can do it. I can do it. What do I need to change in order to do it? And that's that's a huge transition. For sure. It sounds like um, without saying ownership mindset, you are saying ownership mindset um, in a sense. Exactly. Exactly. It comes naturally. <laughs> <laughs> So um, this may be um, an inappropriate question after what you have just described, but is there a typical day for someone working in a, in a dev stream? I don't think so, to be honest. Uh, it's, it's, you make your typical day. It, it's really up to you. Um, so every stream is going to be different. 
we are all unique uh, in, in our own way. Uh, so some streams, I can't really tell you. It's, you know, the diversity is just so, so large that I don't think there is a typical day. It, it really depends on what you do that day, what type of change you need. Uh, certainly there are things, the same things that you would do through a day, right? So if you go through all the elements that you do, you do a little bit of, you know, sometimes maybe you're the one who's responsible to deploy a change. Maybe tomorrow another person will be responsible to deploy. Every day is really different. Every hour is different. And that's part of it. That, that, that's part of, um, again, there would be things that are similar in terms of what you do, but how your day is comprised is going to be different every day. And I love it. I, I love it. And I think a lot of people love it because, you know, it keeps things interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's, it sounds very interesting. Um, awesome. We are we are uh, getting to the to the end of our time. Let me just uh, try to summarize what we've been talking about. So, dev streams is a philosophy. It sounds like, and also a way of work um, that simultaneously helps increase volume in software delivery and also helps. Um, People who work in the stream experience maybe a new way of looking at life and looking at their work and um, creating an environment for themselves where they can grow as individuals and learn while they work. And this is great for organizations because they can perhaps deliver faster and uh, they are creating an ownership um, oriented mindsets within their colleagues. Um, we have we have covered a lot of ground, and uh, thank you for sharing some of the stories that you've done. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to add to our conversation today? You've just summarized it beautifully. The the other thing, the last thing I would say is there are no rules. I, I'm I'm a, I'm a strong believer in that. Uh, I would say. You know, we're all unique. It's okay to be different and uh, try to experiment, try to learn. And if you don't like it, change it. But have a faith in yourself and, and in your ability to be different. For sure. Thank you so much. Um, I, I really enjoyed getting to know you a little more. Um, where can our listeners follow your work if they're interested in dev streams or if they're interested in your adventures? devstreams.com uh, my LinkedIn page uh, and uh, we're also starting a YouTube channel um, reach out directly to me if, if, if you want to stay in touch through LinkedIn um, website has my email as well I'd love to get feedback I'd love to be connected and, and, and see and learn about your experience and hopefully you know this is something that you can take with you and you know become part of you that was my aim Thank you so much. And uh, thanks for joining the Level Up Engineering Podcast. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. And dearest listeners and watchers, um, this was the Level Up Engineering Podcast. Uh, we are back again. And today my guest was Yaron Perlman, author of Death Streams. We have learned a lot about the book and I really recommend you read it and uh, follow Yaron. If you liked this show, I would love for you to give us up to a five-star review on your favorite podcast channel or on uh, YouTube. So please go ahead and watch our newest episodes and 
tell us what you think about what we have created. Give us your feedback about your past favorite episodes. And I hope that you will continue being our engaged fans. And I hope that we will bring you a lot of really awesome content. And I will see you next time. Thanks for staying with us. This was the Level Up Engineering Podcast by Apex Lab. Check them out at apexlab.io. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel, rate our content, and share your thoughts on this episode. See you next time. See you next time.